0: This is the M.D.'s Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mater,
1: giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy.
0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in to the M.D.'s Fantasy Football Show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mader. Thank you to all of you who are joining us live on our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe if you have not done so already and get notified by hitting that little bell there. So that way you get notified whenever we have new content available to you. You can also stay up to date with the show when you're on the go by downloading us on your favorite podcast app. We don't have any buys, which means we have a full slate of games we have to talk about in today's Operation Domination episode. So a lot to get into, as you could imagine. I don't know where the other two knuckleheads are, but I do have Chris Dowhower in the building. Chris, how are you?
2: I'm doing okay, Dan. I'm trying to recover from this past weekend of thinking I knew about football and then watching football unfold in front of me.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, well, look, we knew it was going to be a strange week. We had we had a lot of unders that we were betting on. Uh, we were six teams on by we we knew it was going to be an interesting week. We just knew it was going to be And some well, games, you know, wound up being surprising, but you go ahead.
2: I was just going to say to that point, one of the things that stood out to me from last week's show is, you know, our, our cohort, Adam, who's a Colts fan, was very adamant about the under for the, his game where we, we were joking around. that Maybe a six nothing game wound up being a shootout somehow. Um, yeah. So we watched, you know, Gardner Minshew be one of the top fantasy scoring uh, quarterbacks. Uh, it was just a wild, wild
0: against Cleveland
2: against Cleveland the of, but, defense, yes. Yes.
0: it made no sense all the way across the board man um but this so I guess on one hand it's good news that we don't have any buys this week because we're instead of trying to scrounge and put together ugly looking starting lineups you should have your full lineups depending upon whether or not you are in a situation that you have injuries that you've been dealing with anyway uh but for the most part we don't have to sh- Put our hand down to the bottom of the barrel and scrunch up all the molasses lasses and residue and whatever's left over. Just throwing our lineups this week. We actually, my rankings actually look normal, like where people should normally be and where they should actually be valued at. It was it was actually kind of a refreshing little twist there. Why we have we went from six teams on buy to no buys to buys next week. Couldn't, couldn't tell you how my own problems with that one of these days the nfl will realize that millions and millions of people play fantasy football and maybe they'll adhere to us the way they've adhered to the betting community uh, but i digress let's get into our first matchup <laughs> All right, so on the Thursday night slate, we got the Tampa Bay Bucks ticket on the Buffalo Bills. And you know what? I think this might be actually somewhat of a competitive game. I don't know how exciting it's going to be, but I think it's actually going to be a competitive game. Uh, right now in the injury report, Baker Mayfield's got a knee issue, not expected to hold him back, and Chris Godwin, who did finally put a practice together today, a full participation in practice, I should say, uh, was listed with the neck issue. He should be good to go. Uh, on the Buffalo Bills side, we're going to be talking about this from a fantasy perspective. Dawson Knox is going to to be going on the IR with a wrist injury, had surgery yesterday, and we'll talk about Don Kincaid and all of that in just a second. As far as the lines of this game, as of right now, the Buffalo Bills are favored at eight and a half points with an over under of 42. Uh, Look, the Bills have kind of struggled offensively, but I'm also not loving the Bucks. They have a less than 500 record against the, uh, against the spread this, this year so far anyway. But what I do like and this is where I say I don't know how exciting this game is going to be. I actually kind of like the under. I don't want to bet the under. I really don't. i do on a Thursday night game. The Bills offense can be explosive at times, but the Bucks have only had one game, one game this year go on over, and the Bills have only had three of their seven games go on the over. So the trend this week, and unfortunately, as much as I don't want to, I think I'm going to have to cash the under in this Thursday night game. What do you think about that, Chris?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the under is probably the way to kind of lean towards right now. You got two offenses that are really struggling right now. or haven't really found a rhythm. Um, the the Bills, I mean, I just find them befuddling. You talk about the line. This is a game that until I see the Bills actually look like the Bills to me, I'm not touching this team at all. I, had look at the for Bills, it it? I have no idea what's going to show up. What'd you say?
0: They haven't looked like the Bills since the Dolphins game. They blew out the Miami Dolphins 48-20, to and since then, they haven't been able to score points. Now, that correlates, and this kind of goes into my point about Josh Allen. I do want to talk about Josh Allen a little bit today. It correlates when he suffers the shoulder injury against the Giants the very following week. Ever since then, he's been pretty much pe- uh, peppering targets over the middle part of the field, not taking as many shots. We've seen Gabe Davis suffer as a result to that. Sh- uh, Stefan Diggs is getting all kinds of crazy targets, but it's also why we'll get the Kincaid in a little bit, but that's why Kincaid's going to be on my radar outside of just, you know, the Dawson Knox and opening up some playing time for him. That's why he's going to probably be in my top 10 this week from a fantasy standpoint, because that's where Josh Allen's going with the ball. He can say he's full and it's not hindering him as far as him playing goes, but it's clear Josh Allen's not really interested in taking shots down the field over the last couple of games because of the shoulder issues that he's having. I don't know how much longer that continues, but I'm not expecting it to necessarily go off on a short week, maybe after he comes off the semi-bye that they have in the Thursday night game. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, are you seeing something different? Do you see what I'm seeing?
2: Um, I mean, I'm not sure about the, the injury thing. I have to, but, you know, the stats that you're talking about definitely sounds like it could add up. But what I've, I've seen in my eyes is the, the Bills just struggle early on. They can't do anything. They can't, you know, they fall behind. Their offense looks like it's, you know, the excuse was in Jacksonville that they were jet lagged. Then the excuse in the Giants is like, we came back from, you know, London. Then it's like, oh, wait a minute. What's this Bill's offense really doing against the Patriots? And what they're doing is starting off really slow. And part of the reason, Dan, I think they're not going on the field is because they're taking what's given to them. I mean, basically they're they're down double digits and then teams are not going to get beat over the top. So then you got to check it down. You're going to kind of move the ball that way. I think what they're stuck in right now, and I heard, you know, a lot of analysts talk about Josh Allen and the Bills in general is I think that they need to kind of unleash Josh Allen. I know there's a notion and I don't disagree with the notion in a sense, that the Bills should be more of a running oriented team and get running game more, you know, more involved. I don't disagree with that, but I also think you kind of saw, we'll get to the Ravens later, but the Ravens kind of unleashed Lamar in a sense. And I think Josh Allen just needs to be the superstar that he is. Just let him go out there and play. Don't, you know, don't worry about, ratios don't worry about trying to be short passes or long passes or protecting anybody just have Josh Allen go out there be big strong fast and run hard and I think you're going to be fine as Buffalo Bills they just seem to be trying to be too cute um and I think that can go off maybe possibly this Thursday because sometimes it's the mindset
0: that goes perfectly into what I was just about to say, which because there are two prop bets of Josh Allen that I do like this week. One being the rushing yards, Mark. He's only been over it twice all season long. So you're right. They haven't unleashed him. They haven't let him run. He's trying not to do that. And I don't, I'm not necessarily going to bet on the fact that it will this game. I'm betting on the under at 25 and a half rushing yards. And that's something I would never touch before with Josh Allen or never make that side of the bet. At least the other bet that I do like though, is that he's had one and a half, passing touchdowns. He's been over that five of the last seven games. I do think he gets two passing touchdowns in this game. Let's welcome in Chase Thornton to the show. What's going on, buddy? How about you uh, answer Matt's question while you're at it here? He's trying to offload James Cook. Scared Derek Henry is going to the Bills. What can I get for Cook? Wide receiver or running back? So let's dive into that. Do you think, you think Derek Henry is going to the Bills? What, what would you offload James Cook for? Wide receiver running back? Go ahead.
1: I don't necessarily know that he's going to the Bills. I mean, I'm not overly scared of it right now in fact i mean i wouldn't mind the idea if he did go but i do have james cook in a league or two so that would that would uh that would definitely deflate his his value there um i mean at this point nobody's all that excited about james cook he hasn't given us anything to be overly excited about um you know you're probably looking at a mid-level i mean he's a mid-level running back too he's that's basically what he's been all season if you want to try and you know flop him for you know, Jacoby Myers, somebody in there, Terry McLaurin might Terry McLaurin based on what he's given us this year, but you probably, you might not be able to get Terry McLaurin based on what his potential. Net. What was that you- what about Devonta
0: Smith? Guys like that, people are out on Devonta Smith. People, if, if you Smith. can, if, if, if the owner
1: in your league is out on him that bad or is panicky and needs running backs, you could try that. Yeah, I mean, you That's could try anybody in the anybody team. in that wide receiver two range. I would try and flop him for if, if you're that worried about him. As long as you can absorb the hit on your running back room. I mean, don't just assume that Derrick Henry is going to tank James Cook's value because we don't we not we have no idea right now if he's going to be there or not. As long as James Cook is the starter on a Buffalo Bills defense, he's worth a, a number two slot in your running back room. But if you want, if you're worried about him and you want to flop him, I'd flip. I'd look at anybody in that wide receiver two range. And yeah, if you can get somebody like Devonte Smith, who we know has wide receiver one talent and ability, because the owner is panicked, I'll jump on that all day long.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. That's the tier I'm looking for. That turn. Is what we're looking for as far as the wide receiver group is concerned. Okay, so let's go ahead and move into our next thing that we were going to talk about here. Uh Baker Mayfield, I'm not touching him with the 10-foot pole, 29 and a half passing yards. I will, however, touch his interception prop. I'm gonna get taken to throw at least one interception in this game. He's done that in four straight games so far. Uh James Cook, speaking of Apparently, I'm having some microphone issues. You guys gonna to have to bear with me here for a second. Uh, James Cook, I do him a little bit lowered ECR. I still have as an RB2 heading into this week. As far as his rushing mark yards concerned, he's only been over that four of the last seven games. Not enough for me to want to get on that. He hasn't had 15 or more carries in the last four game. So I'm not going to bet the over. I would lean towards the under. I'd rather not do it either way against Tampa Bay, who's also been tough against the run. And Rashad White, you're firing him up, unfortunately, as the very boring, volume based RB2 that he is. And if anything, I know Buffalo's seventh and most rushing yards so far this season, but it's not the player prop of 48 and a half rushing yards. I'm interested for Rashad White. It's the 21 and a half receiving yards. He's been over that four of the last six games.
2: We can't hear you, Dan. Chase, can you hear me? Oh, I got you. Yeah, I got you, bud.
1: Okay. We are—we're both live and clear.
2: <laughs> so, you want to go ahead and kind of finish off that thought on Tampa Bay? What you're looking for? Um, I think he was going some of the player props. Uh, he was definitely not keen on the Rashad White rushing total do you 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 wouldn't be you
1: wouldn't be keen on Rashad White's rushing total first off I mean he's been absolutely unglamorous and unexciting all damn season but he's been under his rushing mark in four of the six games they played so far um you know Buffalo has allowed the seven most rushing yards to their running backs but it's still it's Rashad White it's it's Tampa Bay. I don't expect them to be in this game all that long. I, I mean, I, I expect Buffalo to to come out and be pissed about last week and actually take it to them. Um, I would not be worried about. I'm not worried about Rashad White as a, as a running back. He's a low end running back too. He's. I've got him at 23 on the, on the week. Um, which is right about where his ECR is actually a little bit below ECR. But yeah, we're we're not worried about Rashad White's rushing yards, but his receiving yards, he's been over his receiving yard mark in four or six games. Buffalo allows the six most receiving yards to running backs. We're saying so in a game where we anticipate that they are going to have to throw because they will be trailing, you want to jump all over that kind of thing with Rashad White. So don't stay away from the rushing yards. He's not gonna have the opportunity to run that thing, but he'll he'll have to he'll be able to pass it
2: and and go You're looking game. at the passing attack in this game. So looking at the receivers, where you have Mike Evans at this week. And you know, is Chris Godwin finally getting the end zone? Or are we playing Chris Godwin this week?
1: Uh I've got Chris Godwin as a flex play this week. I've got him at twenty-nine, his ECR is at twenty-eight. Right now, I'm I'm right about there with them. I just right now. Mayfield has the connection with Mike Evans and that that's just all there is to it. There's, there's really nobody else that gets a ton of looks besides the two of them. And he seems to have a much better connection with Mike Evans. He's using Mike Evans more all over the field as opposed to just that downfield outside threat that we saw last season. Um, So I, I actually, I have Evans up there at 11. I have him as a borderline fringe wide receiver one this week uh, because they're going to have to throw him because I think that he, you know, he has such a connection with, with Mayfield. We uh Dan and I argued about that a little bit Monday night or Sunday night about the idea that Mayfield is uh or that, that Evans is not performing. I my take on it is Evans does not perform be, uh, like in spite of Baker Mayfield. It's Baker Mayfield's the one has been getting in the ball and their connection is such that that's why Evans is having like kind of almost like a little bit of a resurgence here this season.
2: Well, he- I'll, I'll go, I'll go one step, maybe, you know, for the argument in the sense chase where my take on the off season was, and I had this conversation with Dan um, when you heard the coaching staff make a point, Todd Bowles specifically came out and said, We want to make sure that we get Mike Evans the ball, especially in the red zone. Yeah. We want to push the ball down the field. Tom Brady was scared, for some reason, throw the ball to Mike Evans, particularly if it wasn't like 30 yards down the field. It was, I can't look for you in the red zone, which made no sense. And he wouldn't throw it to anything in between. There was a conscious effort to get Mike Evans involved contract you're never hurt either chase so you put those things together and you see him kind of balling out Baker Mayfield's definitely been a big part of it because you give him the chances to look down the field the offensive play calling has been a part of that too They're, they encourage Baker take shots down the yes. field yes yes um, very
1: much so They're, plus they they don't really have a tight end to speak of I know Dot and had a you know decent game last week but Dot and hasn't been the reliable tight end that they need and so yeah I mean in the red zone who would you rather look for you know, my big Mike Evans, who, you know, can fight with the best of them or anybody else on that team pretty much. So, no, I, I agree with you there. And I, I really like Mike Evans this year so far and and, I've been big on him. Dan, are we, are we back with you?
0: Yes, we are. Speaking of Mike Evans, I am cashing the over on 56 and a half. (laughs) receiving Boy, yeah. yards over that mark four of the last six and the bills don't have a premier corner anymore basically is what it boils down to they don't uh, have a whole hell of a lot
1: of anything back there right now
0: <laughs> i should know that every time i leave this show chase is going to find some way to bring up baker mayfield for absolutely yeah. no reason whatsoever and bore everybody else who's watching this good job chase uh we have uh Gabe davis so I, I talked about this a little bit with josh allen and it's just like i said the the deep throws have not been there since the shoulder injury now i don't know about changes but in a week when there's no buys Gabe Davis has to stay on your bench, and now we have to ask ourselves: Okay, now that you know Dawson Knox is out of the way, Kincaid has one game in which it looked like he was finally ready to go to with Josh Allen a little bit. If the deep throws don't come back, or if Josh Allen you know doesn't decide to go that route, whatever the case may be, whether it's health or or play calling, uh, do we have to get a little bit worried about Gabe Davis, Chris? And we don't, are we looking to try to sell him the second he does have another touchdown performance game?
2: Well, I think that might be this week, Diane. I mean, I, I look at Gabe Davis as a guy that doesn't have to be in your lineup, but if you're looking for some upside to add to your lineup or some spices or flex option receiver three, this is the matchup it's going to prime time for him. Tampa Bay loves, loves, loves the blitz. We know Todd Bowles loves to be aggressive. He's going to put those guys on the, on the island. Tampa Bay secondary. does like can't hold that island all the time. They give up big plays. Gabe Davis is built for that top of the red zone. I'm, you know, I'm on record, and I'm sure we'll get to talk about you know, ECRs and the fantasy community's lover of Dalton Kincaid and how he's going to affect everything. I still think Gabe Davis is one of the second guys who's going to be involved in this offense outside of James Cook in a passing attack, and I like his red zone opportunities as well. So I actually think Gabe Davis is a guy that could be a sneaky upside play this week.
0: He's always a sneaky upside play. That's the problem. You just never know when the upside play is going to happen. And, and that's that's the issue. And that's why I, he just he kind of outside my top 36 this particular week. Uh Chris Godwin's a wide receiver three. His volume has increased. That's the good news. Still doesn't have over a hundred-yard rushing day, but I do like the over on his receiving yard mark this week. Uh it's sitting there at four and a half. He's been over that every single game except for one so far this season. So I do like the over on Chris Godwin over four and a half receiving yards. Let's talk a little King is that receptions. Damn. That's receptions. Yeah. All receptions, right. Sorry. Sorry. Receptions. Yes. Four and a half receptions. Uh, Chase. This is little, you uh, me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I need three. He got four. Like, thank God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh Kincaid uh 37 and a half receiving yards by the way I'm going to take the over <laughs> on that for Kincaid this week oh, yeah. with uh no
2: Dawson Knox so
0: is tight this three huh
2: tight end three how, how are we going good sorry I, I, I'm just dying to hear Dalton Kincaid they're so excited right now like <laughs> Knox is out I'm a nine
0: his ECR is at 11 he, he Dawson knocks out of the way uh, the, my big problem with Kincaid was not his talent. Yeah, I, I always thought he was a talented player. But the reason why, Chris, you and I were on the same page as far as his fantasy draft capital goes was he, he was going to be splitting time with Dalton Knox. Dawson yeah. Knox, he wasn't going to have enough playing time to sustain the fantasy value that people were drafting him at. Dawson Knox is now out of the way. Even and if
1: Kincaid ended up crazy. being that slot that they were that they've always talked him up as being that we all heard in the offseason even if Kincaid ended up being that he was going to be the between the 20s tight end and Knox was going to be the red zone tight end and it wasn't it wasn't going to even out for either one of them to have a big year but now that one of them's out of the way
2: yeah I, I totally disagree with that he's that I think his what? offense the way it's built don't Kincaid's not going to excel in it why so I look at the, the tight ends like Mark Andrews for example if you want to have your flex tight end be out there you have to have a lot of power formations where he's going to get lined up on linebackers and safeties. Dalton Kake, people like him because he's a 25 year old tight end who was really productive. But he's 25 years old, wasn't to me not highly athletic. Doesn't have something that sort beats guys off. The, you know, he's not Travis Kelsey they try to compare him to. So I look at a guy who's easy kind of to cover, and especially if you're going to expose him out and think out as a obvious receiver, I think he can't beat you know press coverage. I don't think he can beat guys consistently. He's decent in the option route. But I just don't think for the offense, the way that they're built, if there's a, a running threat, Josh Allen gets back to being a, you know, a pistol formation running guy, then yeah, think he could be effective in that role. But otherwise, it's really hard to get away with that formation if you're not having a bunch of guys run off of everybody like you know the Chiefs do.
0: He catches 73 yards last week. I don't I don't know. This is the part where I disagree with you as far as what his talent is as a pass catcher and what his involvement will be in this offense. And now he'll have the playing time and the routes. I th- I don't know. If, do you have a, a number of where he's going to be ranked at? If you don't, think about it. Maybe we'll come back and we'll do a showdown because we need to get you on the board anyway with the showdown anyway. Uh, so think about that, Chris. In the meantime, let's hold over to our next.